Welcome to the Holistic High Performance Podcast with your host, Daniel Christofferson. So I'm excited to welcome our guest today, Chloe Cunliffe. Uh, she's a pro pole vaulter with Puma. She holds the high school national rec indoor pole vaulting record at 14 feet, nine inches, as well as multiple meet records at large national events like Arcadia and New Balance. Welcome to the show, Chloe. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. It's really fun. I feel like I've known your family forever and it's only been about seven years, but... Um, it's only been seven years? Yeah, 2013 was when I Hannah and Sam first started seeing me, your, oh, your siblings. Wow. And then you, you came in shortly after that. So yeah, I had you on the show because I just want to kind of hear about your journey. So you started out pretty young in track and you were doing long jump. Your dad's a track coach, so he kind of got all of his kids started there. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell me about that. What was that experience like for you? So he had us doing track stuff since we were like babies out of the womb and put us all in track. He wanted us all to do track growing up, but a lot of us, we all started with track and kind of went our separate ways, but I was a long jumper and I quit when I was about 10 years old. And I just did not like it at all. No fun. It was just no adrenaline rush. You just ran and jumped into the sand pit. Like the sand was more fun to play in than to actually do it. <laughs> so then I quit and I went to gymnastics where I got a lot of adrenaline. That yeah. was really fun. Yeah. Loved it. It was crazy. So tell me about that, that journey, because gymnastics is a process. You know, it, starting at 10, you're, you're kind of an old person in gymnastics at that yes. age. Yeah, I was really old. I started at level one, and then I got into some elite training group. I think when I was like, I don't know, I picked everything up really fast, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I caught on super fast. And, and you were having fun, so you wanted to go back. And yeah. So much fun. And then for a while, I did homeschool, but I went to the gym in the morning and then school during the day and then practice at night. So it was starting to turn into a lot the older I got. And then I realized that I couldn't really progress to an Olympic level. And that's one of my lifelong goals. And then college, I could have gone to college, but I don't know. It just didn't seem like something I wanted to do. So, so then I quit. <laughs> well, before that, so you started out in level one, uh, you advanced pretty quickly in gymnastics. So what level did you get to? I got to level nine. Nine out of level, 10. Well, I got to 10, but I never competed 10. So I okay. technically don't count it. Okay. But I had most and almost all of my skills. But it became work. I mean, because you say you went to the gym in the morning, but you went to the gym for hours in the morning. Yeah. You studied in the afternoon and then you were there for hours in the evening. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't getting fun anymore. Yeah. And it was and, yeah. five, six days a week. I think I only had Sundays off. You know, yeah. So you were, you were training a lot. Um, yeah. Yes. And I also got a bit of a back injury. My low back started hurting all the time. So it just seemed like ugh, just too much work, you know, and I was like, dude, I'm too young to be too stressed out. And, you know, schools weren't really looking at me. So then I quit. <laughs> you know, it was a big decision for you to, to give up. Oh, yeah, it was really like a huge decision. I stayed up every night thinking about it. Like, am I actually going to do this? 
because it's a goal that I've just wanted to reach so bad to go to the Olympics <laughs> for gymnastics. But then I was like, well, you know, what? I think it's time. Well, and you also, I mean, your whole friend group was your kind of community of gymnasts. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the only place you got to go. <laughs> no friends. I had zero friends. <laughs> <laughs> Just them in that gym, which yep. was cool because we were all like a bunch of sisters and everything. But I don't know. I think it was just time to stop doing that and find something that I enjoyed again, which I did. Pole vault. So how did you how did you come about pole vaulting? I mean, what made that transition for you? So I was talking to my parents about quitting gymnastics and my dad, he was saying, well, you can go back to long jump because when I was 10, I got seventh at nationals. I was like, OK, I'll just give it a try again. I did. And I had all like my gymnastics moves still. So I was in the air and I was doing like a full split. And like a leap over the sand pit, my form was gone. Uh -huh. I just grew to be like way more graceful and less aggressive, and it was still boring to me. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, this is still not fun. It's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, okay, we're gonna go try some pole vault. So I tried pole vault, and the first practice was so fun. I caught on so easy, and I just did not want to stop vaulting the entire time. So. So and did I you do that at a high school or a local meet, a gym or tell, tell us I about it? I did it at uh, Tim Riley's gym, Northwest Pole Vault. And he was my high school coach all through high school. Goat, by the way. I went to him because my dad knew Charlie, who was a high school coach at Blanchett High School. Okay. So, yeah. So I was going to talk to him about it. Then I went there and then Tim ended up being my high school coach. Yeah. You were having fun again. You like flying mm -hmm. high. <laughs> yeah. It was scary, especially like the first time you'd go onto the pit. And... Well, the point of gymnastics is not to fall and mm -hmm. pole vaulting is all about letting go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. It was fun though. I had, I remember my first practice too. I could not stop vaulting. I just kept going and going and going and going. <laughs> So you found something you loved doing, you were passionate about. Uh, mm -hmm. And so what did training look like for that? Um, so I still trained with my dad. And then they also still wanted me to do long jump in high school so we could get some points and everything. And I long jump's also good for pole vault because it's like the takeoff part. So you were so, part of the high school track team? doing? Yeah, at West Seattle High School. So I stayed with my dad and I kept doing long jump and then pole vaulted. I think, I think it was three times a week when I first started. Okay. And then, yeah, I just, I had my first meet. I don't know if it was for high school. I think my first meet was for my club and I jumped nine, six, which is not bad for your first meet. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that gave me a big boost of confidence. And then I kind of got known for my plant a little bit. Mm -hmm. which also gave me a really big boost of confidence. And then, yeah, just kept going. You kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. Yeah. So, <laughs> now, Were you on the high school pole vaulting team as well? I was, yes. For my club or for my high, oh, my high school? For um, high school. I was, but I, we only had like me and this other kid. It was just us two for my school. No one else really wanted to try it. Our school also didn't have a pit. Okay. Like a pole vault pit. So we'd have to go to a different high school. So it was a lot of work. If you're really dedicated and really good and wanted to pay 
for a club and everything. And you had to drive like all the way to, you know, self high school. Yeah. Down in- it's not even that far. It's yeah. just, I don't know. I just kind of went to like a public school and no one's really like dedicated to anything. <laughs> so you found a passionate sport that you love. Turns out you're pretty good at it. You started getting some confidence. <laughs> Uh, and then you started breaking some records. Yes. I broke those last two of uh, the indoor national high school record and outdoor my senior year. And then my junior year, I jumped 14 feet. I think it was my junior year, but I jumped 14 feet, which made me the fourth ever high schooler to ever jump 14 feet. But that was pretty cool because that doesn't happen a lot. And then, yeah, I got, started getting recognized a lot through uh you know videos and meets and then doing some big meets and setting records at those meets about my senior year but I didn't set any like big records or anything to like senior year and stuff Mm -hmm. and then senior year came you were still competing and then it came time to make some choices and for many people they would go on to pole vault in college and for you Mm -hmm. You realized that school really wasn't for you. And so tell us what happened. Okay. Well, I was going to go to WSU, Washington State University. And I decided not to, one, because, yeah, I don't really like school. Like focusing on a bunch of different subjects is just not my thing. Focus on one thing, massage, which we're going <laughs> to <we're> do. <laughs> Massage school will be happening soon. No, so I decided not to, and I would rather make money, especially at such a young age. And why not take that opportunity if you get it? So you found an agent who started kind of helping you navigate what it would take to go pro, and they approached a number of different companies. Why did you choose Puma? Because not a lot of people get Puma. (laughs) it's kind of a flex honestly and you know their stuff is cute but yeah why not puma i don't know i just like puma so it's been almost a year now that you've been pro december of last year that i think you finally announced Mm -hmm. um tell us what it's like been being a pro athlete i love it love it i do i train and then i just chill i get a lot of body work it's way easier to just focus on your sport than having other Dividing your time between work and school. You're actually getting paid to do something yes. that you love. Yeah. So I'm very grateful I have the opportunity because focusing on just that, you get you have all day to do recovery stuff and what is your recovery team? Chill. Like I don't really have one out here yet. Okay. <laughs> you just recently moved to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, there's people I see and stuff, but I haven't really found my my posse yet. Your support team? Yes. Other than my teammates, obviously, but like, I mean, body-wise. Body-wise? Which was hard leaving Seattle because of that reason. Well, your dad uh, was a project manager when he worked at Microsoft and then went on to become mm-hmm. a track coach. And he he really approaches coaching from a project management point. And I know one of the yeah. things that's been really is having a support team for all of his athletes and his children. And so, yeah, um, you, know, you grew up kind of having that experience of doing structural integration with me. You were doing working with Bruce Davis, doing the mm-hmm. cranial path. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what other kinds of body work and stuff did you get a chance to do? I got acupuncture and then I had to leave our water machine, the Kangen water machine. I had to leave the molecular enhancer behind, barometric chambers, you, Bruce, my acupuncture guy. That was one of the reasons because I was going to move out here after high school and straight out of high school, but I couldn't do it. I was not ready. I was like, I can't do it. I can't leave all of the body people, my dad, my coaches, but then I decided to later on. But yeah, still something I'm working on finding people. COVID-19 kind of shifted things a little bit. And so you're not Mm -hmm. competing as much. Um, Yeah. But before this happened, I know you had an opportunity to kind of go compete at a couple pro meets. And tell me about this experience of having all the younger kids come up to you. So cute. I love it. Reno is one of my favorite meets. And that meet was really fun. I think that was like one of my actual first like pro Puma pole vaulter meet other than some of the indoor UW meets. But Reno is like a meet meant for pole vaulters. So Uh everybody goes there to see all the pros. And that was a lot of fun. What made it fun? Honestly, everybody knowing your name and like the meet is just such a great meet. If any pole vaulter asks me what meet they should go to, I would say Reno for sure. Definitely. It was kind of one of your first times on the circuit. So kind of getting to know Mm -hmm. the other athletes and people that kind of you're competing against and uh, there's kind of a bit of a community there, isn't there? Yes, there is a lot of pole vaulters. I met a bunch of pro pole vaulters, but I also knew some of them because I had came out to Atlanta for about a month to try it out. Like I said, I was going to move out here after high school and I ended up not, but a bunch of them were out here and I got to meet them. And then I met a bunch of them on my visits to colleges and stuff like that. So I kind of already knew who they were, but I did meet some new ones and they're all so, so sweet. Pole vaulters are really nice people. That's fantastic. And now you chose Atlanta because that's where your agent is and coaches or? Yeah, agent and Brad Walker is my coach and he won the 2000, or no, he set the world record in 2008. I'm pretty sure for men's pole vault. And then Katie Najat is my teammate who's number one in the world right now. And then I have other teammates and they're awesome. Kristen Brown, she's a rider. Love her. So you got a whole posse of people and kind yeah. of that like to fly high and do what you do. And so yes. it's always nice to be surrounded by that kind of high level caliber and people who are pushing you to be better. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. We're a great, great group. You can find out more about the Holistic High Performance and sign up for our monthly newsletter at holistichighperformance.com. That's holistichighperformance.com. Tell me a little bit more about kind of what your daily day looks like. My daily day. Your, your, your day. <laughs> your daily routine now. I mean, yeah. training wise. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll give you a Monday, which is tomorrow. So tomorrow or usually Mondays, we vault and then go to 
We usually work out at 11 and practices usually end around one. Depends what we're doing, like two, two thirty. Then we go to weights and I get food in between. And then I go to weights. Right now we're pushing big weights in the weight room. And when we're vaulting, we haven't really gone back yet that far. I haven't at least. I'm waiting for some pulls of mine to come. And then we lift and usually get food after, go home. Okay. And if I need body work, I usually go get some body work. But yeah. So I know COVID's kind of thrown a wrench in things in terms of what you had planned, but just with the uncertainty of things, you still have to keep training like you normally would, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is difficult because you're like, man, am I going to have a season this year or not? So you do lose a little bit of motivation, but then you remember, uh, you know what? I got to be ready in case I do have a season. <laughs> so what mindset do you have to take to kind of get through that kind of, you know, like, oh, yeah. this might not happen. Yeah. Um, usually my mindset is just honestly, I don't, I, my mindset's what I just said pretty much is that okay. you don't know if you're going to have a season or not. And you probably will i just tell myself that you just keep planning I'm holding the intention that you're going to have a season yeah so every um, time that thought creeps into my head like you might not have a season i'm like uh i definitely am <laughs> if not i'll make my own <laughs> so you'll keep jumping high and you know kind of setting your own prs and just getting yourself prepared yeah. for when things do open yeah. up were you planning on going to the olympics in 2020 was that one of the goals that you had or oh definitely Yes, yeah. most definitely. And they did get pushed back, which oh. honestly, I was fine with. It was a bummer, but I don't know. I feel like my first year being pro, it would have been a little harder. And to get the swing of things, like the meets are way different than high school meets. High school meets, you just show up and just see you know, on the track. You're just jumping, checking yourself. It was way easier. So I feel like having a se- another season to kind of just figure it out a little bit more definitely i benefit from a lot so how is it different being a pro and not just being able to just show up i mean in terms of a meet do you have more support Um, or more you got to prep yourself up for it or what is yeah definitely more prep i i don't know you'd be in school and then you just show up to the meet and then like you know you're there you have your food and you just kind of go and also like the smaller meets that i did for high school they were just so chill, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just way easier. You've been to a couple. I have. Like you saw, yeah. They're so chill. But no, so pro meets. And you, you put know, more pressure on yourself to compete and represent? Uh, or? Not really. Okay. No, I don't get, I still don't get that nervous or anything. I still treat it like it's a high school meet, but, you know, you got to be right on time, everything. Like you got to be right there. And I just, there's been a couple of meets where I've like shown up like a little late to check in because I've been warming up and then I had no idea. Like you just got to be more on top of things, which was good to get a year of. Well, it's a learning curve. And then you've also got other responsibilities being a pro athlete. I mean, people, other people want your time. There's interviews, no. there's other kind of responsibilities that you have to, you know, represent. Yeah, definitely. All right, Chloe. So, your training. Uh, it sounds like you've got some free time. Uh, tell me, what else do you have on your plate? What else are you looking at here? 
I'm waiting till the trials to figure out if I um, want to do massage school while I'm still training or do it after, but I would prefer to do it while I'm training. So when I retire, I have it as a backup plan because not going to college, I wasn't sure how long I would be able to pole vault for. So I decided to do that as a backup. But my free time, I like to do this book. Shout out you for giving it to me. <laughs> and then I read my So that's other the Anatomy ones. Trains coloring book that you have. So you've been learning yes. your anatomy, uh, your bones and muscles and organs and all of that stuff. Yeah, just getting having my backup plan and then kind of getting ahead. And I want to do massage school and then learn some Ralphine from you. <laughs> <laughs> the structural integration work, yeah. Yes. Exactly. And what is it, what is it just, about that that appeals to you? Um, the body really interests me a lot. And I like your setup. Like you have your own hours, your own schedule and everything. And I like that. And it's you meet a lot of cool people. And there's a lot of people <clears throat> that I could probably work on making connections through pole vault and stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought that'd be a good plan. Good road to go down. Yeah, it's an exciting field. I mean, being an entrepreneur and, you know, having your own practice, you do get to set your own hours and stuff. I mean, there's a business side of things too, but tell me, because you've had a lot of body work over the years, because you've had a number of injuries. You had some injuries as a gymnast and then kind of as a pole vaulter too. So how did you deal with that? I mean, it takes time away from training or you're training in pain or uh, what was that experience like for you? I actually sprained my ankle and almost fractured my wrist at Arcadia senior year right before I set the record. Mm-hmm. I like rolled my ankle and then I was having wrist problems and I had been taping my wrist and trying to get it fixed, but I didn't want my to end my season early. So I was just doing tape and I realized it was really huge, like swollen, disgustingly <laughs> swollen. And then my ankle hurt and I was having back issues. So then after I set the record at that meet, I was like, okay, I'm going to just do as much recovery as I can. Going to take off. I think I took off two weeks. Oh no, I took off three weeks and I just did recovery like every day. <laughs> I got a PRP shot for my wrist and then I let my ankle heal. I got it unjammed. I went to you a lot. But yeah, I just did a bunch of recovery, like super fast, so I could heal really quick, and it did really quick. But yeah, every time I get hurt, because I, you always like, every time you get hurt, you're like, man, I wish I was not hurt right now. So all you want to do is just get like healed really fast. And me, I like everything done really quick. So when it's not done quick, I hate it. (laughs) So I was like, this recovery is going to take forever ever. So I was just like, you know, I'm going to do everything like really fast, right on top of each other. And it ended up working out really well. So <laughs> now my wrist only hurts sometimes, not as much though, like barely ever. Mm-hmm. And my back issues, they're almost, almost gone. I mean, they just get sore and stuff, you know? Yeah. General workout from lifting yeah. weights and you know, yeah. twisting yourself over the top of a bar and you know, just going 15 feet up in the air and falling. <laughs> I could do it to you a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, so just a lot of quick recovery, which ended up working out really well. How high are you vaulting now? I haven't actually gone back to a full approach yet. 
Okay. We're taking things really slow because there's a bunch of things we had to fix with Brad, uh, like driving my arm forward past my chin and fast, which is like really hard because I'm in the habit of like bringing it around and not in front. So that's a habit I have to break. And I've done it a couple of times. It's just, I really want to drill it into my brain before I go all the way back. So I don't really have a height right now. Okay. You're still working on kind of technique and the sequencing of things and the. Yeah. And just a bunch of drills, like a lot, a lot of drills, three steps and stuff like that. So for people who aren't familiar with pole vaulting, what does three steps mean? So it's three left legs because you take off on your left leg. So it's technically six steps, but Paul Walter would call it three. Because if you go back to an eight step, you would take 16 steps, but technically we call them eight. Okay. Because you count. A lot of pole vaulters, when they run, they like to count because you're supposed to drop your pole at a certain time. So you got to be ready to drop it right when you hit number four. Countdown. Okay. So for training purposes, you kind of start much shorter with the three-step? Yes. Steps. Yeah. No, no, no. A three-step is like small. That's it's like small. a big step. Yeah. That's okay. like my drill step. That's what I'm doing. I'm at a three-step and a four-step, which is eight steps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just little things right now. And then I'm waiting for some new pulls to come in from Essex, which is the pull I prefer to jump on. And once those come, I'll probably be going back pretty soon because we ended our preseason training. I think it was three weeks ago. We started earlier than a lot of people, just in case right. if our season did start, we were ready to go in case it gets canceled again. Okay. Yeah. So we were like, why don't we just start early, be ready early and, you know, we're getting ahead of the game. So I know like with track, there's a, a cycle that you kind of go through. Do you guys have a similar thing with pole vaulting where you kind of progression that you go through in your training? Yeah, we do. So first, like, uh, I think it was four weeks was death. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I think Try every sport, the first four weeks is, you know, they the track kids complain about it. The weightlifters complain about it. That like, oh, what do you want my body to do? Because you're really pushing yourself and building up a lot of strength. And, yeah. Uh, Especially after coming back from a month off of doing absolutely nothing, which for an athlete is just so hard to just jump right back into. So I actually started running a week before I moved out here every day. I was like, I'm not going to die that bad. Still died. (laughs) Still (laughs) died. I'm so happy I ran that week before because if I didn't, I think I probably would have faked my death. (laughs) (laughs) No, so we did about the first four weeks were not too hot and then it got a little easier obviously but we still had a bunch of conditioning but yeah this training is definitely way different for my body too than my dad's because he trained more like sprint work for what was meant for sprinters and we're doing a lot more of things that are meant for pole vault and this is my first time ever not doing my dad's workouts but I do feel way stronger way faster so what, what's the difference between a sprinter's workout that you were doing and the pole vaulting workout for you? So we usually jump in the beginning of a practice and then we do a bunch of like 
Like I've never done the medicine balls, the medicine balls. Yes. I never really did that kind of stuff. Never did sled poles or like shot put stuff, which is all really good for pole vaulters. Just never did any of that with my dad or anything. So okay. yeah, we'll see if it works. <laughs> we'll see how I do. <laughs> well, obviously what you've done in the past has been working, but you know, you can yeah. change it up. And I mean, life's all about experimentation and trying new things. Exactly. And, I was going to say, um, we'll see if it works. And if it doesn't, ooh. <laughs> all right. Well, what's it going to take for you to qualify to get to the Olympics next go around? Um, I think you have to jump higher than a 15-6 or 15-6. And then you have to be the third, the top three in the top three. I'm pretty sure. Top three for mm-hmm. nationals. Yeah. Qualifiers. Yeah, to qualify. And then they are, the trials are in Oregon, which is nice. That'll be close to home. Yeah. Yeah. Then the Olympics are in Tokyo. But who knows if that's actually going to happen. You just keep holding the intention. Exactly. Well, what I do is it's definitely going to happen. It's definitely, we'll put it in the air. It's definitely going to (laughs) happen. Fantastic. Yeah. It's been really fun talking to you, Chloe. Thanks for sharing a little bit more about your journey to pole vaulting and becoming a professional athlete with Puma. And it's just, it's always great to talk to you and see you. And mm-hmm. I wish you all the best with completing your uh, Anatomy Trains coloring book there, or not your <laughs> Anatomy coloring book. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm going to be ahead of the game. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> great talking to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Holistic High Performance Podcast. You can find all the past episodes of the show by visiting holistichighperformance.com. Please subscribe to the show to listen to future episodes. We release new episodes every Monday and Thursday. This show would not be possible without the help of our team. We wish to thank our executive assistant, Harlow Brummett Dunn, our producer and chief technical officer, Dan Harmon of DH Productions, Our podcast mentor, Angel B. Hartwell, the host and executive producer of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast. Our theme music was composed and arranged by Luca Millard-Kish. On behalf of the whole team, we wish to thank you, our listeners.